What's going on everyone? My name is Lewis Angel, right here with AE Mind. And as you know, we love to talk about mind-empowering ideas and thoughts on this channel. And we do a lot of memory improvement uh, activities, training, and tips. So I have a very special guest for you guys here today. He is the empowering neurologist, Dr. David Perlmutter. He is the author of the number one New York Times best-selling book, Grain Brain. He also has a new book coming out based on that book, essentially, and we'll get much more into detail on you know, his recommendations, what he would recommend for you guys to do to help you improve your memory. That book is called The Grain Brain Whole Life Plan. So thank you so much once again, Dr. Perlmutter, for getting on the call with us today. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> so uh, you're, you graduated from the University of Miami, is that correct? School of Medicine? I did. That's um, right. And I have a lot of people, they've been asking me questions, you know, ask them about the program because my brother, he's in school right now and he wants to go down this field of studying more about the brain, urology. Um, how was that program like, like for you uh, when you were going? You mean the University of Miami program? Right, yeah. Well, I would say that uh, for what I do in my life now professionally, it wouldn't have been any different had I gone to any other uh, residency program. So uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that a residency program in neurology will not prepare somebody to do uh, what I do, and that is you know, looking at lifestyle issues and uh, various other factors, how they influence the brain and how they play out in terms of brain function and brain resistance to disease. You don't learn that in a neurology school, as it were. Uh, you learn you know, how to treat illnesses that have already happened, and that's really the basis of what a neurologist does, and it's very much unlike what I'm doing in my life now. I'm not being critical of the Miami program. It was an excellent program, uh, but for me, uh, at this stage of my life, doing what I'm doing, that's not what you learn as a resident. So what ended up leading you to transition into what you're teaching now and, you know, the book Grain Brain and all the other books that you've written um, over the past several years, what led you to transition to this, not necessarily new way of thinking, but kind of, but just a different approach to, you know. Hey, I'm, I'm all in when, it, it's, uh, when you talk about that it's a different approach. And I, I know that I'm outside the bell curve, which is fine with me. Uh, you know, as a neurologist, a practicing neurologist, been doing that for 30 years. Uh, I really became quite frustrated that we weren't helping a lot of people and began to explore, you know, 20, 25 years ago, the ideas that we really should be looking at what's causing the brain to degenerate rather than trying to mop up the pieces after the event. And it was clear even back then, uh, when we didn't have as much literature as we have today, that our lifestyle choices play a huge role in the health of the brain the functionality of the brain, and the brain's resistance to disease moving forward. That literature has been out there a long time. No one's paid any attention to it. You know, we've known for a long time that there's been something called the heart-smart diet, uh, and, you know, that certain things help stave off diabetes and osteoporosis. But beyond that, there's been very little uh, in preventive medicine that we've talked about, much less dealing with the brain, my goodness. But it turns out that the brain is actually very sensitive to our lifestyle choices in terms of being healthy or not. And that's very empowering because once we get our arms around that information and do the deep dive, uh, we as professionals are in a position to make that information known to others and help prevent the very diseases that they fear the most. 
And you know, when I got into studying about the brain memory, because I struggled in school, I struggled just in everyday life with my memory. At a very young age, I thought I was getting like dementia and Alzheimer's, and I would go see, you know, I would go see a neurologist, and they would tell me, well, you know, it, you don't have anything wrong structurally with your brain. Uh, so they sent me back to my psychologist, psychiatrist, and they gave me the pills, the Adderalls, the Ritalin. Um, you know, they told me I had ADD, and I should just focus on taking the medicine and, and going with my life and that should improve it but I'm like for me I felt it just as a temporary fix to the problem that I had of having a bad ability to focus uh, bad ability to retain information things of that nature um, and it wasn't until I started really learning about the foods that I was eating that were really a huge contributor to the fact that I couldn't focus that I couldn't remember and yeah, also yeah, yeah. you know other memory training things that I ended up doing later on to really you know compete around the world in these memory competitions but I used to eat, you know, your hot Cheetos, your chips every single day, your, um, you know, pizza every day, burgers for breakfast, lunch, dinner sometimes. Um, and then I started shifting it. So what would you recommend uh, for individuals to, to start doing, to start changing those habits, those dietary habits to help them out? Let me go back to a statement that you made earlier in that question, and that was uh, you, you, you said, you know, I felt like I was having dementia or Alzheimer's and I went to the doctor so they could give me something. And I want to just, uh, before I answer the question, I want to just uh, amplify that moment, if I could, because if you did have Alzheimer's disease and you went to the doctor, which would be the case for 5.4 million Americans, there is nothing they could offer you. There is no treatment for Alzheimer's, none. So, you know, the notion of just, uh, hey, I've suddenly got this terrible thing and I'll go to the doctor, they'll give me something. That's not reality. There's no treatment for Alzheimer's. And, you know, you and I are having this conversation here in 2016. There, we're five, ten years away, if at all, from having any meaningful treatment for that disease. Uh, that said, uh, you also brought up some very interesting points that you noticed quite uh, readily that your food choices seem to be affecting how your brain was working. And that's a very uh, a brilliant observation because, in fact, our food choices have a huge role to play in terms of how the brain works, as well as the brain's resistance to disease. So the anti-Alzheimer's higher brain function diet is a diet that dramatically gets rid of sugar and simple carbohydrates, is much, much higher in fiber to nurture the gut bacteria and therefore reduce inflammation, which is the cornerstone of brain degeneration. And finally, welcomes fat back to the table. I mean, we've been fat phobic for 30 years based upon some really, really bad information that was put out by the sugar industry. That was the front page of the New York Times a couple of weeks ago. We all learned about it, how they had influenced medical publications to tell doctors that they should tell everyone to be fat free. And by default, everybody ate more sugar. And the sugar industry underwrote that. Uh, front page New York Times and published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. That is a clear and present danger for the brain. There is a powerful relationship between even subtle elevations of blood sugar and the brain's degeneration. This was actually published in a wonderful study that appeared in the New England Journal of Medicine in September of 2013, where they took a group of individuals and they measured their blood sugars, and then they followed them for about six and a half years. They found that those people who became demented had elevations of blood sugar at the beginning of the test. 
And the thing that was really compelling is these weren't high elevations of blood sugar. Uh, these were subtle elevations like to 105, 110, where you know you and your doctor are not going to get get excited, but nonetheless, it's already a big problem. So sugar is a brain toxin, no matter how you slice it. One really interesting study from the journal of the uh, published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease of all places, a Mayo Clinic study looked at diets of people and basically found that those people who favored carbohydrates as a calorie source had about an 88% increased risk of becoming demented, in contrast to those who derived a lot of calories from fat in whom the risk was reduced by over 40%. So just in looking at the macronutrients between fat and carbs, the scales are strongly tipped in favor of eating more carbs and much less, rather eating less carbs and much more fat uh, in terms of protecting your brain. And it turns out it's going to be not just your brain, but your heart and your risk, risk reduction for uh, diabetes and certainly for cancer. We've been, um, we've been eating fat for about two and a half million years and fiber and not very many carbs and certainly no sugar. And suddenly, just in the last blink of an eye, we've changed our diets dramatically to a diet that's very pro-inflammatory and again, inflammation underlies Alzheimer's and brain degeneration. Now, uh, how exactly like does inflammation affect your brain? Like it, structurally, does it go and degenerate the actual neurons? Absolutely does. Uh, when the brain is inflamed, as a consequence of a dietary uh, indiscretion, uh, inflammation amplifies basically the death of brain cells. It leads to increased production of chemicals called free radicals. Uh, these free radicals damage actually the energy producing parts of the cell called the mitochondria. And then the mitochondria influence the genetics of the DNA of the cell uh, and in, uh, initiate these programs uh, that lead to what's called apoptosis, which is pre-programmed cell death, basically telling the cell to commit suicide. So we have loss of brain cells, we have loss of volume in the brain, the brain degenerates, and you can image this, you can see it on uh, special types of MRI scans that the brain just degenerates and we lose valuable cells in very important areas like the brain's memory center. Now, that said, new research shows that we can put that back. We can actually regrow those very cells, a process called neurogenesis, we can enhance the growth of new cells, basically stem cell therapy in your brain right now, it's already happening. Uh, but we can make that process happen a lot more aggressively with a very, very sophisticated and expensive medicine. It's called exercise. <laughs> so aerobic exercise has been demonstrated at the University of Pittsburgh, a wonderful study, and even a more recent study published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease to uh, dramatically amplify the growth of new brain cells in multiple brain areas, uh, but the one we're interested in is called the hippocampus, the brain's memory center, uh, and work done by Dr. Kirk Erickson at the University of Pittsburgh has shown dramatic regrowth of size in the brain's memory center, and more recent work at UCLA shows a 50% reduction in the risk of Alzheimer's in a study that they published this year, March of 2016, in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, 50% reduction in the risk of Alzheimer's in 
uh, a group of elderly individuals who basically spent more time uh, involved in physical activity in comparison to those who were more sedentary. What we know about aerobic activity is it is what we call an epigenetic event, meaning it changes the expression of our DNA and allows our DNA to express and manufacture a chemical called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is basically growth hormone for the brain. So you exercise, you turn on the genes to grow new brain cells, you grow new brain cells, your brain's memory center expands, your cognitive function improves, and you lower your risk for Alzheimer's. What more can I say? What more do you need to know? And it's interesting that you're telling me this because my brother is the one that actually introduced me to all your video content online on your YouTube and uh, your books. Uh, his name is Christian, and he he was he actually uh, he wrote that question in for you, talking about BDNF and what um, what do, that does inside of our brains and what does it does for the actual neurotransmitters and you know the connections between neurons with each other. How exactly does BDNF uh, affect the brain once we? do you know improve the the output of it by exercising and doing other things sure well uh, a bdnf doesn't necessarily affect neurotransmitters but it has uh, three roles to play that are really very important in neurogenesis in synaptogenesis and in neuroprotection neurogenesis is a great word that means the growth of new brain cells synaptogenesis means uh, the formation of synapses in other words the creation of the connections between brain cells, which is a fundamental process uh, involved in learning. It's how neurons connect to each other and can develop new pathways. And finally, we know that those individuals with higher levels of BDNF are more resistant to the uh, effects of trauma. So if an individual uh, experiences head trauma or has a stroke, uh, they are going to have less of a bad outcome if their BDNF levels are uh, more elevated in comparison to somebody in whom those levels are lower. Now, a recent study in the Journal of the American Medical Association compared risk for dementia against BDNF levels, and the results were really very compelling that your risk for dementia was lower if you had higher BDNF levels. So how do you raise a BDNF? There are multiple ways. Aerobic exercise is one powerful thing that everybody can do starting today. The next thing is cutting back on calories. We do know that what's called caloric restriction also amps up brain-derived neurotrophic factor, leading to the growth of new brain cells. Uh, technique number three would be to add DHA, which is an omega-3 found in fish oil and uh, krill oil, algae oil, etc., uh, eating omega-3 rich uh, foods. Uh, this amplifies BDNF. We know that the herb turmeric, uh, which has in it curcuminoids, use it in curry, for example, uh, is another uh, intervention, lifestyle choice that can increase uh, BDNF. And there's something called whole fruit coffee extract, or whole coffee fruit extract, rather. And uh, this is a very new and exciting uh, nutritional supplement that's uh, you'll see at the health food store also amps up uh, BDNF. So uh, anybody can do this. There's no drug, there's no prescription. Uh, if there were, it would be uh, quite uh, successful because you would be able to say, oh, we have a drug that's going to actually grow new brain cells. Well, we've got it right now. And I actually write 
aerobic exercise on a prescription pad and hand it to patients because they want something. I say, I'm going to give you something that will amp up growth of new brain cells. Wow, doctor, I'm in. What do I do? Give I'll pay any price. You know, give me the prescription. I'll do it. Yeah, no matter what it costs, will my insurance cover it? You bet your insurance is going to cover it because it's free. Right. <laughs> so uh, we don't hear about that. You're not going to see an ad for this on the evening news because no one's going to profit from it by having some proprietary uh, intervention that they can say, here, take this and it'll be great for you. All you got to do is walk to the mailbox. And if you can do that, maybe next week you'll walk to the mailbox twice. If that's all you can do, hey, that's great. You can't walk, you want to ride a stationary bike, fine. Swim, garden, dance, whatever it is you've got to do to get moving, that will preserve your brain. And uh, I have a few questions from Facebook. I asked some people, they were like really excited that you were coming on this uh, on this video chat with me. And I had my friend Omid and Jacob, they were asking about this specific, you know, what's your particular routine uh, to help you stave off and, and push off dementia and Alzheimer's and you know, those types of diseases. What's your routine um, as far as exercise and also what do you put in your own body to help you um, with that? Terrific question. Then that individual should really get the new book, The Grain Grain Whole Life Plan, because this book is very, very transparent as it relates to my life. You know, Grain Brain and Brain Maker talked about why, and the Grain Brain Whole Life Plan is talking about how. How do you do it? Uh, how, how do I do it? Am I at risk for Alzheimer's? You bet I am. Did my dad die of Alzheimer's last year in March? He did. Puts me at great risk. So, uh, I generally don't eat till the afternoon, so I extend a time of fasting from dinner last night uh, until you know at least 12 to 16 hours every day. Although uh, sometimes I will have, uh, or oftentimes if I'm exercising aggressively, I certainly want to hydrate. So I'll have some vegetable juice, uh, actually kale juice this morning. Who knew? <laughs> um, nice to have a prop. But our day begins with a reading. My wife will read to me um, a series of inspirational messages from all kinds of authors, poets, religious leaders, uh, just anywhere that we can find uh, terrific quotes. You know, anybody from uh, Buddha to uh, Helen Keller. I mean, you name it. Just something to hold with us during the course of the day. Most importantly, to amplify a sense of gratitude. And that sense of gratitude we try to hold on to throughout the day in terms of being kind of a motivator for how we live our day in terms of giving back and feeling grateful for being healthy, basically. Um, I run or uh, get some form of aerobics every day. I just, uh, about 15 minutes before I jumped on this call with you, just ran four miles. I'm age 61, and that's, that's enough for me. Um, I do a lot of uh, other exercise. I weight lift. Uh, we do yoga. Uh, and do a meditation for 15 minutes every day. Uh, vitamins, I take vitamin D, turmeric, lots and lots of magnesium, um, fish oil, B-complex, coenzyme Q10, very important for my heart. Uh, and our diet is very paleo. It's very low in sugar uh, and carbohydrates. Lots and lots of uh, colorful vegetables. That's most of what we eat. Uh, meat, if it's uh, grass-fed, is acceptable, but it's now not the focus of the meal. It's the side dish or the garnish. Uh, I eat a lot of fish. I love eggs. eat a lot of eggs. And uh, each uh, evening, uh, I take a fiber supplement, which is a prebiotic fiber. 
and that's a fiber that you buy at the health food store made from what's called acacia gum. Uh, acacia Senegal is that really tall canopy tree that you see in the African uh, savanna where the giraffes are getting shaded. So this tree secretes a resin that is uh, acacia gum that is then harvested sustainably, made into a powder, and you can buy it at the health food store. That is a powerful, powerful prebiotic, meaning uh, that it nurtures the gut bacteria. Why do you want to do that? Because that's the key to reducing inflammation, which is the cornerstone of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, MS, uh, diabetes, cancer, coronary artery disease, they're all inflammatory conditions. So really what I am describing is a lifestyle designed to reduce inflammation and also to amplify what we talked about, BDNF, uh, to grow new brain cells. Now, as far as you mentioned earlier in the interview about sugar, you know, getting that you know, reduced greatly as far as you know, your input uh, with sugar, carbohydrates. Now, what about fruits in particular, like blueberries, strawberries? That for a long period of time has been the go-to recommendation for individuals that want to say, quote unquote, have an improved memory, right? Because there's great nutrients in these fruits um, and berries that help with that. Now, what are the, they also have a lot of sugar. So excellent question. And you're right. They have a lot of sugar. So to have a handful of blueberries uh, with your breakfast is reasonable. It's going to give you the nutrients that you need. Just because some is good doesn't mean more is better. So the notion of four to six servings of fruit throughout the day is way too much sugar. You're exactly right. And even worse than that idea is the idea of drinking fruit juice. So, you know, here I am in Florida where everybody, well, nationwide, of course, but Florida where we have all these orange groves, people think, well, I'll just start my day with two 12-ounce glasses of fresh-squeezed Florida orange juice. Hey, that's 72 grams of carbohydrates. That's 18 teaspoons of sugar. That's powerfully detrimental for your brain. So I think fruit is reasonable, but I think we need to cut back on fruit. I think the diet should be much, much more in fibrous vegetables and nutrient-dense vegetables, colorful vegetables, and a lot of extra fat, coconut oil, olive oil, nuts and seeds. This is the way to power your brain. It's the way to reduce inflammation. And as I indicated, uh, that's good advice beyond the brain, but really extends throughout the body to the joints, to the heart, uh, to the metabolism as it relates to diabetes, the endocrine system. So we really want to adopt a diet and lifestyle that reduces inflammation. The lifestyle parts of this program, meaning uh, stress reduction and making sure you get adequate amounts of sleep and that you have good sleep hygiene. In other words, uh, that your sleep quality is good. And therefore, a sleep study for adults, I think, is a very good idea, especially for people who are overweight. Great, great advice there. Um, I, I'm going to wrap up shortly. I know that you have a lot of things to do. And again, I appreciate your time here. I have one my more pleasure. question from Facebook. He's, uh, this one's from my own memory mentor, Ron White. He's a two-time USA memory champion. And he well, this is, I'll just read it. He says, how is a 45-year-old person's memory different from a 25-year-old person's memory? It's a great question. It's declining. Uh, by and large, uh, you know, our memory function will decline with age, especially, you know, uh, uh, here we are, you know, in the 21st century. And based upon our lifestyle choices, people are having memory issues earlier and earlier in life. And we're seeing 
onset of Alzheimer's earlier in life. We're seeing an onset of Alzheimer's in people in their 40s as well. The reason being is that brain health and function and vitality is powerfully connected to our lifestyle choices. People's diets these days are far less than adequate, matter of fact. To use a scientific term, they generally suck. They're bad. It, well, people are eating such horrible foods. And it's not just sugar. You know, um, there's a huge move for people to consume artificially sweetened beverages, diet this and diet that. And frankly, that's worse uh, for your brain than the sugar-sweetened beverages. Believe me, I'm not advocating uh, sugar-sweetened beverages. But when you look at risk for obesity and risk for type 2 diabetes in people who consume the artificially sweetened drinks, it's dramatically higher than people drinking sugar-sweetened beverages. Now, that doesn't make sense, does it? You're, you're drinking a beverage that has no sugar, it has zero calories, and yet you're getting fatter and fatter. And the bigger your belly, the smaller is your brain's memory center, the hippocampus, published in the journal Archives of Neurology, a perfect relationship. So how it happens is through changes in the gut bacteria. So when you're drinking these diet drinks, as was wonderfully demonstrated in a study published uh, by Israeli researchers, you're dramatically changing your gut bacteria. Your physiology thinks it's starving and puts your body into a mode to retain every calorie that you consume. You get fatter and fatter and you dramatically, you more than double your risk for diabetes. So I think it's all about our lifestyle choices. And you know, these days with all of our electronic stimulation and the fact that life goes on 24 seven, uh, there's a lot going on in terms of lack of sleep, lots of stress that does affect the millennials. It does affect the 40-year-old people as well and compromises their cognitive function and, I'm going to just say, puts them at greater risk down the line for Alzheimer's, a disease, again, for which there is no treatment. So people have to take a step back. They've got to embrace the importance of the food choices that they make. They've got to re-embrace getting back to the gym not just because you might you might lose weight and fit into your clothes, but because it's a, it's a brain tonic. Very important choices. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, once again, doctor. And everyone watching right now or listening uh, through the podcast, make sure to get the book, The Grain Brain Whole Life Plan. It's going to help you out tremendously in your life, improve uh, your overall brain function, improve your life in general, right? Um, everybody wants to have or you know improve memory, but at the end of the day also, Listen, dementia and Alzheimer's, it's a real thing. My mom works with patients that have Alzheimer's and I see her as she works with them and, and they forget, you know, everything. They forget their own kids' names. They forget that sometimes they even have kids. It's a, it's a really detrimental disease that you do not want to have. So if you want to reduce those chances of getting those types of diseases, you know, I highly recommend for you to go and, and get this book, read through it and apply what Dr. Perlmutter was talking to you about today in, in this video and, and podcast interview. So uh, once again, thank you so much, doctor. I appreciate your time. It's been a and pleasure. Thank you, Louis. Yeah, hope, hope to have you again uh, in the future.